Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200 k for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com. This is VEASAN's Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show. With Wes Reynolds and sometimes Matt Humans. here is Brady Cannon. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VSIN and VSIN.com, the sports betting network. I am Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds as we dive into another week on the PGA Tour. And Wes, let's first look back at this European run of top-notch golf that got underway last week with the Irish Open. I was lucky enough to hit Adrian Moronk. Mm-hmm. He closed it out with an eagle on the 71st hole and had a winning score of 20 under par. And then here stateside, Wes, the heater continued for you as you hit JT Poston at 55-1. to Poston went wire-to-wire at the John Deere Classic. He finished at 21 under par and added PG. PGA career victory number two to his trophy case down there in Sea Island, Georgia. Yeah, the uh, the postman got it done. The postman, postman delivered, delivered for us uh, at 55 to 1. By the way, wire to wire led uh, after every single round. Uh, ended up hanging on a little bit on Sunday. Didn't quite pull away from everybody, but nevertheless does get the win. Not only the win, the two-year exemption. Also gets a spot in the Open Championship here in two weeks. Uh, the co-runner-ups, by the way, Christian Bezadenhut and uh, Emiliano Grillo also get spots for St. Andrews next week. And you mentioned uh, Adrian Morong. Man, that's one of those ones where I have like a little bit of remorse on because I bet him a few times this year, and I wasn't on him for the Irish Open. And this guy's had a lot of top tens, a lot of top fives, kind of peaking going in. And eventually gets the win when I'm not on. And by the way, the three open spots from the Irish Open were John Catlin, David Law, and Fabrizio Zanotti. Three more spots uh, left to be filled. The top three finishers not already exempt for the Scottish Open this week. And then one uh, for the uh, Barbasol Championship, which is the alternate event. Co-sanctioned event, by the way. Both of these events, DP World Tour and the European uh, Tour as well. Or, excuse me, in the PGA Tour as well. But uh, JT Poston, number one in greens and regulation last week. I think he was like 63 of 72. Something really ridiculous. And, uh, you know, when you hit that many greens, you're going to give your chance at birdies. And he certainly did. 
did that. Well, and especially when you're as good a putter as JT Poston is as well. Uh, I mentioned the run of European golf. Uh, of course, we began with the Irish Open. And then on Monday, they stayed in Ireland for the J.P. McManus, a two-day 50-player pro-am that was won by Xander Shoffley, another uh, limited field event. Uh, <laughs> he's the master at winning those. He is, those. man. Boy, it's unbelievable. But he's also in really good form right now. Of course, uh, just three weeks ago, won the Travelers Championship as well. Now we have the Scottish Open upon us this week, and then, of course, next week, the final major of the season at none other than St. Andrews for the Open Championship. Uh, Wes, this is the fourth year in a row that they have held the Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club in North Berwick, Scotland. Have you been able to, over the course of the last few years, have you been able to assemble uh, a knowledge of this golf course and what skill sets most likely might be successful here? Yeah, a little bit, Brady. Uh, this is a relatively new course. This is not like what you would call a pure links course. It's a links style, and I'll get into the specifics momentarily, but it's actually located right next to Muirfield, mm-hmm. which is a regular track in the uh, open road. A little bit under 7,300 yards, 7,293, I believe, to be exact, par 71 four par fives, five par threes, and nine par fours. So, uh, you know, not necessarily historic lengths because it was manufactured from an old pine forest. Uh, you know, it's more of a hybrid of like a Parklands or a Heathlands design and a little bit linksy. And four holes are by the North Sea coastline at Renaissance, undulating terrain. Very thick rough, by the way, uh, off the fairway, about three to five inches here. So you do want to keep it in the fairway. Uh, a lot fairways of Fairways are pretty wide, though, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are. And there's a lot of wood wooded areas actually here which you don't see much of really with Lynx golf and then obviously no water because Lynx doesn't really have water uh firm turf on on these uh fairways uh and Colin Maracaba look he mentioned that last year how firm it was and he had difficulty cutting those irons through his shot so it's like okay then this guy's DOA next week at the open and what does he do he wins the Claret Jug champion golfer of the year at Royal St. George uh deep pop bunkers on this course if the wind blows, it can play a little bit more difficult, as you found in 2010 or 2020, rather, when Aaron Rye beat Tommy Fleetwood in a playoff. I think 11 under was the winning score. The other two years, it's been uh, lower than 20 under. These are big greens. 7,000 square feet, 10th largest on the PGA Tour. It's pretty much fescue, red fescue throughout the entire course. Uh, But these greens are big and relatively easy to hit. However, they are very slow. They're only going to roll at 10 on the stamp. And the greens here, actually, I was reading... They're cut at a at a minimum of uh, five millimeters high, and the PGA Tour it's like two and a half. Wow! So they let this grass grow a little bit, and that really slows down the putt. So some of the players this week that have been putting on eleven and a half, twelve, twelve and a half on the stint meter and above, it's going to take a little bit getting used to. Uh, 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 basically, and there are scorable holes. Like I think there are three par threes at over two hundred yards that yes. are actually probably the toughest holes on the golf course. So uh, I don't know what you did for comparable courses. I use some of the open rota courses like Royal Birkdale, okay. Port Rush, Royal St. George, a little bit of Troon, a little bit of St. Andrews. If you're looking maybe more stateside, I would say Kiwa Island. The okay. ocean course, yeah. uh, Trinity Forest, which used to host the Byron Trinity Nelson. Trinity for sure, yeah. Yeah, because that was kind of a Lynx-style manufactured golf course that they tried to do at the Byron Nelson. Uh, Memorial Park down in Houston, I had seen a lot of people kind of like that as a correlation, but that's basically what I went with. I mean, it's not like an exact science like some weeks where it's like, okay, you know that that's going to match you know, pretty much a facsimile. Not necessarily so here. Yeah, I noticed uh, that this course does have a lot of long par threes and uh, a handful of long par fours as well. So I did look at some of the longer hitters in this field. Uh, As you mentioned, Wes, when the wind does not blow here, the scores can get pretty low. So I wanted guys that can pile up a lot of birdies. So I looked at birdies or better. Um, As always, I looked at strokes gained approach, and I also looked at strokes gained around the greens. I think Mm -hmm. when you do get a Linksys-style course – that a deft touch around the greens goes a long way. Yeah, I was a little bit similar. I had some overlap with you as well. I looked at approach just because, you know, you kind of have to pretty much every yeah, single week. It's a requirement, it's never, really. It's never a bad idea to at least start from there. I looked off the tee. You don't necessarily have to be a bomber, but distance certainly helps. you got to position that ball well to really avoid the rough and avoid the pot bunkers because these fairways are pretty firm and fast, so they will have some rollout for guys that are maybe a little bit shorter hitters. So distance a little bit negated, even though I did account for it a little bit. 
One thing I did look at here is actually three-putt avoidance. Okay. Because the greens are so slow, and they have not seen slow greens this year unless they've maybe been playing a little bit on the DP World Tour, especially over around the U.K. But, you know, in the summer when it gets a little chilly, it gets windy, these speeds are hard to judge. And you're going to have guys that, you know, you're going to be watching the event over the weekend, and it's like, oh, hit it. You know, one of your guys, and he's going to, you know, be several feet short and have a tough par. So there are going to be three putts this week. So uh, uh, one guy that uh, one spoiler I'll have for one of my plays, the number one guy in three-putt avoidance is one Terrell Hatton, both on the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. So uh, I did uh, uh, use Hatton this week. By the way, Hatton was another one of those guys. You mentioned that J.P. McManus Pro-Am. The top five were Shoffley, Sam Burns, Shane Lowry, Terrell Hatton. Then there was a three-way tie for fifth. Justin Thomas, Patrick Harrington, and Ricky Fowler. Yeah, a lot of these guys, uh, you mentioned uh, some of the guys on the PGA Tour might not be used to these putting surfaces. A lot of these guys have been in Europe for a week or two already, uh, getting ready for the Open Championship and, of course, the Scottish Open, uh, the J.P. McManus Pro-Am. There were 50 players in that field, most of which who will be in the Scottish Open here. Um, All right, very good. It is time to bring in another voice into the conversation here. Let's get to our special guest. It is time now for our member guest portion of the program. Welcome again to Long Shots, the greatest golf betting show there ever was. And I'm excited about our next guest to help us preview the Scottish Open, Paul Williams. He is making his debut on Long Shots. Of course, he hails from the UK. Always like to get some local flavor for these tournaments uh, across the pond. And we have got it certainly in a big way this week. You can find him on Twitter at Golf Betting. You can find his golf betting system system online golfbettingsystem.co.uk Paul thank you so much for joining us uh, we really appreciate you making time I know our schedules conflict of course with the time difference but we're making it happen to get your thoughts on the Scottish Open this will be the third time or rather the fourth time that uh, we have seen the Renaissance Club in North Berwick Scotland so not a ton of history here at this course tell us a little bit about the course what type of player you believe it favors and what skill set might be most important for success this week? Yeah, well, firstly, many thanks for inviting me onto the show. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to, to, to come along and chat to you guys. Um, Renaissance Club, yeah, uh, 7,293 yard par 71 uh, on the Gulf Coast of Scotland, as it's called. So you've got uh, traditional links courses up there like Archerfield Links and uh, Muirfield, which you remember Muirfield from the 2013 Open Championship, which Phil Mickelson won, of course. Um, looks like a Lynx. You've got deep bunkering, gorse bushes, uh, long fescue rough, three of the holes along the coast, but it only opened in 2008. Their brief there was to try and make this course look like it was a Lynx course that had been around for 100 years. Yeah. Curists, and- there's still, still a few trees on the course. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's one, of these, one of these courses that um, looks like a Lynx, um, but really you describe it as links like, I guess. Paul, uh, uh, looking at the field this week, obviously the best field that the Scottish Open has ever had, even though they usually get a really quality field, but now co-sanctioned with the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. So 14 of the top 15 in the OWGR this week, only Rory McIlroy going to elect to go ahead and skip the Scottish Open at Renaissance. So when you looked at the board, Paul, because a lot of these guys, I think like half of these guys in terms of the top 15 have either played this at least one time before, but you've got a lot of debutantes on this course, uh, like Cameron Smith, I know, playing this for his first time. Patrick Cantlay, the same. So how much respect did you give to the top of the odds board, but also realizing that if you look at the trend, it's usually not a major championship contender that wins the event before the major. No, absolutely. And a lot of this is about the motivation, I think, of players immediately before a major championship. Um You've also got the fact, I mean, the Scottish, the Scottish Open's been going for years. You have to go back all the way to 97 before you find a debutant who won this event. So you've got, as you described, all of these PGA Tour players who are descending on Scotland this week, many of whom haven't played um, the, the course or even the event over the years. Um, and to expect them to win first time, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced personally. 
And another stat worth picking out, 10 of the last 11 winners of this had finished around about a top 30 or or, or better um, in at some point in their history of playing the Scottish Open. So, you know, some course history, some uh, some event history is also uh, useful, I think. In terms of the top of the board, um, I think the players that are, uh, you've got to give most respect to are the ones that historically have done well in the events previously leading directly up to a major championship. And for me, uh, the player at the very top of the board who does that or close to the top of the board is Justin Thomas. Um, he's the only one really I've found that um, I, I can say with any conviction seems to go out and really give it it is all the uh, the event before an open oh, event before a major championship, let alone an open championship. Paul, it may be a, a little bit more comfortable for you being over there in the UK, but maybe a bit more challenging uh, for us here in the States. It, it seems like we've had such top-notch golf going on in Europe right now for the last three or four weeks. We started with the Irish Open just last week, and of course we have the little two-day 50-man player event. Looks like uh, Xander Shoffley is going to win the J.P. McManus Pro-Am. Then we go right into the Scottish Open, of course, this week, and then we have the Open Championship next week. Is it difficult, or do you have to adjust your handicap at all with all this golf seemingly jammed into just a couple three week period? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I, you know, I used to prefer it when they used to play this three week links swing, where you had the Irish Open at a at a proper links course, the Scottish Open at a links course, and then of course the Open Championship, and then you could start to get a real feel as to how the players were playing, whether they were coming and fine tuning their game, or whether they were really trying to win these golf tournaments. Um, yeah, and again, to my point, with, with Justin Thomas, if you look back over his last seven events that he's played immediately before a major championship, he's won two of them. Um, two, uh, over the last two starts, he's finished third and fifth in the events immediately leading up to a major championship. So I think with Justin Thomas, you've got a guy who really does try to give it his all the week before, before a major. So, uh, Paul, uh, you obviously like Thomas at the top of the board and gave very convincing reasons uh, for that. But what I was saying before, with 14 of the top 15, obviously, in the OWGR in this field, you're getting a little bit of value down the board with guys that have been playing well that might get ignored this week, uh, especially guys on the DP World Tour that have been kind of the regulars on that schedule for the most part all season. And I know you like a couple guys on your card that have uh, certainly done just that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, further down, Ryan Fox. I, I was on Ryan Fox last week, um, and I guess you guys would have caught some of the DP World Tour action. And um, he's uh, over the last few weeks and months, Ryan Fox has seemingly been in contention every single week. Now, 22 to 1 was the price for Fox last week. He opened yesterday at 66 to 1 here in the UK, which I thought was a massive differential between the, pre- the previous week. I understand that the quality of the field's gone up massively, but if you look at his last eight uh, DP World Tour outings, he won in Raz Al Khaimah, 15th, 9th, 8th, 2nd, 2nd, 3rd, and then 2nd again last week. Ryan Fox has really been playing some fantastic golf. 12 and a half strokes going tee to green yesterday, or, 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 or over the weekend at uh, the Irish Open. The putter was a little bit cold, but I think that he'll find himself um, in contention again, even though the field this week is much, much stronger than it has been. Paul, any notable players in the field this week that you are going to fade or go against? Anybody that you feel is maybe struggling currently or is not a good fit for this golf course? The one that I'm most concerned with, I guess, is Matt Fitzpatrick. And I think um, with Matt, he's been dining out on his victory at uh, Brookline over the last few weeks. As quite rightly he should, it was fantastic for him to get that first major championship. Um, you often find with first-time major winners that it takes a time, it takes a little time for them to um, get to the point where they can then get back into the swing of trying to win and, and winning golf tournaments again. And Shane Lau is a great example of that because he won the Open back in 2019 and he's yet to top that up with another win of any description um, on any of the tours. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick is playing the JP McManus at the moment. Um, he shot six over yesterday, which kind of cements that point for me. And even though he finished second here last year, um, it is around about the 20 to 1 price point. I can leave him alone and fade him this week, um, both on my fantasy golf and also from a betting perspective. 
Paul, uh, you're right up here for the Scottish Open at, at golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Recommend you read your stuff, or people read your stuff every week. Also, your counterpart, Steve Banford, who does the PGA Tour event. I believe Steve's doing the Barbasol event this week. So uh, I think you had five tips, but uh, go ahead and give us a foursome of who you like this week in the Scottish Open. I know you've already mentioned a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I've got to leave one off the list. But uh, but yes, uh, Justin Thomas, definitely, I think I made that, made that abundantly clear at the start. Uh, Ryan Fox, Aaron Rye are backed as well. Um, Aaron Rye is desperately trying to get into the Open Championship. Um, he's tried through the qualifying, final qualifying last Tuesday, lost out in a playoff. He just missed out again over the weekend at um, in the Irish Open of guessing one of the uh, the final spots. There's another three places up for grabs at the Scottish Open this week. So I think he'll be gunning for one of those spots. And the other guy that I'd taken my foursome is Lucas Herbert. And again, he opened here in the UK 100 to 1 yesterday, which I thought was an incredible price. Fourth here, last two times that he's played the Naissance. Ninth last week when he's defending his Irish Open title. And seventh for strokes gained tee to green last week. That's the best strokes gained tee to green that I've seen from um, Lucas Herbert since he won the Dubai Desert Classic back in 2020. So if his long game's starting to come together, we know what a good putter Lucas Herbert can be. Um, So yes, that'll be my four. And Brady will give uh, Paul's fifth uh, from the column this week and obviously read his write-up. Uh, how about the defending champion of this event, Min Woo Lee, who I believe Paul tipped at 150-1. to one. And uh, look, I liked him last week at the Irish Open, and I may go back for seconds because this is a guy, I don't think he's necessarily a worse player than he was last year. He's actually probably in at least in a little bit better form, played very well in the majors this year. And now you're getting this guy at 150-1. to one. Uh, That is a big price and a big tip from Paul Williams here. Yeah, check out Paul's work, golfbettingsystem.co.uk, and follow him on Twitter at golfbetting. Uh, Paul, you mentioned the three spots up for grabs there to get into the Open Championship that are on the line here at the Scottish Open. And Wes and I were talking about this earlier today. Did you pay any attention to Ricky Fowler? He has uh, won the Scottish Open before. He's got a great track record, not only at St. Andrews, but in the Open Championship. He seems to be playing some pretty decent golf right now. He played well in the opening round of the J.P. McManus. And, you know, if there's anybody in this field, you mentioned Aaron Rye. Ricky Fowler would be another guy that has a lot of motivation to play well this week. Absolutely, yeah. I, In fact, I put Ricky Fowler up for a, as one of the long shots at uh, the U.S. Open, I believe, um, a few weeks back. I think there's something percolating with Ricky. and um, There's some form starting to come back into his game, as you've said. Played well first round again, as you said, at the uh, J.P. McManus. Um, he's been heavily back today over here in the U.K. I can supply as well. So um, would not surprise me at all to see him play well um, at the Open Championship this week. So, Paul, speaking of the Open Championship, just nine days away at the old course at St. Andrews, uh, do you have anything yet in pocket for next week? I I don't. I don't tend to back in the anti-post markets here because they tend to be pretty poor in comparison to the final markets. The players that I'm keeping my eye on, um, Shane Lowry is playing particularly well today over at the J.P. McManus. Um, Tyrrell Hatton is won twice at the um, Alfred Dunhill Links. Um, which has uh, St Andrews as two as two of the four rounds um, over the years. He's played really well there. Tommy Fleetwood, another player who's got a really strong record at that Alfred Dunhill Lynx tournament. So I'll be interested to see how both Tyrrell and Tommy Fleetwood play this week over in Scotland um, with a view to potentially backing them next week at the Open Championship. Well, tremendous stuff, Mr. Williams. Thank you again so much for joining us here on Long Shots. Enjoy the Scottish Open, of course, the Open Championship, and hopefully we can talk to you down the road one more time one of these days and do a little golf across the pond with you again. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, guys. Best of luck this week. Thank you, Paul. All right, that is Paul Williams. Again, check out his work at golfbettingsystem.co.uk and check him out on Twitter at Golf Betting. We'll be back with more long shots in just a moment. Take a quick break here. Stick with us at vcin.com. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. This is typically the part of the program where we look at a DP World Tour event, but uh, we're already over there this week and the next week as well. So we go across the pond in reverse order. We're coming back to the U.S. to take a look at the uh, Barbasol Championship. And while the big boys play the Scottish Open, the alternate event is the Barbasol taking place in mm-hmm. Nicholasville, Kentucky at Keene Trace Golf Club West. Yes, this is the first time, by the way. This is also, much like the Scottish Open, a co-sanctioned event with the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. So uh, DP World Tour is officially worldwide. Coming to Kentucky this week for the Barbasol. It is the alternate event, as you mentioned, Brady. So no Masters invitation for the winner here. You get a little bit less FedEx Cup points. You get less official World Golf ranking points. But you do get a two-year PGA Tour exemption and a trip to the PGA Championship. There is a reason this is a DP World Tour sanctioned event. You do have a fair amount of European and international players that play predominantly on that tour that are actually over here in Kentucky this week. You get a win, you get your PGA Tour card. And we know what Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner, and Keith Pelly, the DP World Tour president, Kind of came up with this a few weeks ago. Uh, Actually, I think it was last week, a week ago today, where they were kind of going to change a little bit of formatting. They were going to try to make it easier for some of the DP World Tour players to get PGA Tour cards. I think now it's going to be the top 10. I think this takes effect next year. The top 10 at the end of the year on the DP World Tour, if they don't have cards already, get PGA Tour cards. So it's almost like another route to the PGA Tour. They're bringing back a little bit of the Q School after the Corn Ferry. So... I think that they did a lot of this, too, because of what is happening with Live Golf, because we've seen a couple notable amateurs, uh, the kid from Oklahoma State, Chachera, I think is how you pronounce his name, James Piott, who won the U.S. Amateur. So they've signed with Live Golf to take all this money, more money than they probably, that most young guys that just get out on the tour would make. So they're out there. So that's why they're doing this a little bit. But uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, the course here, Keen Trace at Nicholasville, Kentucky. It's hosted the Barbasol since 2018. Usually you got to be 20 under or better, pretty much. Uh, the three events that they've had here take out the 2020, which was taken out due to COVID. 23 under, 26 under, and 21 under have won this event. Uh, course is pretty gettable. There's bent grass fairways, pretty generous. Large greens, about 6,000 feet, 11 on the stint meter. So basically perfect pace, not too fast, not too slow. 
it is going to be hot and humid down there in Kentucky. If you watch some of the national weather down in the southeast, it's been pretty hot, and it's going to be hot there this week. So the ball's going to fly long distance in the humidity. It's very soft turf, receptive green. So this is another birdie fest type of event. The winner last year was Seamus Power. Actually, he was the chalk at a little less than 20 to 1. And now we see where Seamus Power is. This propelled him. I think he's like number 36 in the world and a guy that's starting to contend in majors and contend in big tournaments. Yep, absolutely. Did you uh, make any plays? I know you have an article that is coming out on Wednesday in Point Spread Weekly. Did you uh, dabble with a few picks? Yeah, uh, and, and these are kind of darts. You know, a lot of these are going on hunches. I think the favorite, actually, this week is a guy that's not even a member of either two and that's Chris Goddard, who mm. just graduated from University of Oklahoma, was part of their NCAA tournament team that I believe reached the final eight, the quarterfinals. Goddard finished uh, T5 in the individual NCAA championship competition, but he's been playing on sponsor exemptions. We watched him last week at the John Deere. Almost got an open championship spot if he would have maybe shot one better, and he ends up finishing T4, so he is actually the favorite this week at around 20-1. to 1. A lot of people kind of like him, and I could see why I went a little bit down the board. Taylor Pendrith, 30 to 1. This is a guy that's a little bit speculative because this is his first start back ever since he had a rib fracture at the Players' Championship in March. But you look at the metrics, number one in strokes gained total, number two in strokes gained ball striking, number three tee to green, number four off the tee over his last 24 rounds. Pendriff was a guy that was very good on the Corn Ferry, a Canadian player. So Pendriff 30-1, to one, Lee Hodges 50-1, to 10th in the field in the greens and regulation over the last eight weeks, and that's what this is about. you got to hit greens. Proximity probably could be really important. I didn't really modeled this very extensively, but get it close on these uh, approaches, you know, 125 to 150, 150 to 175, and Lee Hodges certainly does that. Austin Cook, 60 to 1, started to play better after he missed 8 of 12 cuts this year. 13th at the RBC Canadian Open, made the cut at the Travelers, was 16th at the John Deere, 4th on this course back in 2019, then another Austin, Austin Smotherman, 65-1. to Number 1 in this field for strokes gained ball striking, number 2 off the tee for the last 24 rounds, and then I did go with one DP World Tour player, and that was Matty Schmid, Mm -hmm. 80-1. to He's been playing regularly over there. He's a, a German, but this is a bit of a home game for him, actually actually, because he played golf not too far away at the University of Louisville. Okay. So unlike a lot of these European players, and I'm interested to see how these European and international guys do playing in pretty oppressive heat in Kentucky <laughs> in the mid- in the heart of the summer here in the States, he's going to be used to that heat a little bit, playing predominantly in the South, eighth off the tee for strokes gained in his DP World Tour rookie season. All right, major implications. Of course, we are just nine days away from the 150th edition of the Open Championship. It'll be held at historic St. Andrews, the old course, the home of golf. And I have said in prior episodes of Long Shots, I'm already on Tiger Woods. The best number I have on him is at 85 to 1. A small play. I'm not all invested in Tiger and dead set on him winning this, but I think he does have a shot. He's currently 63 to 1 at Circa and up to 100 to 1 at Mm -hmm. Westgate. I also have Danny Willett at 200 to 1. He's come back down. He's in the neighborhood of 150 to 1. Has real good history at St. Andrews, both with the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship and the Open Championship. I'm on Jordan Spieth at 25 to 1. And Wes, you and I were talking about this off air. Last week, I added Justin Rose at 85 to 1. Uh, he finished 13th at the PGA Championship. He was 4th at the Canadian Open, 37th at the U.S. Open. He was 6th at St. Andrews last time we were here for the Open Championship in 2015, and he's had a lot of success at the correlated courses. So, you know, this also is a tournament, Wes, as you know, most of these majors, three out of the four anyway, typically go to a young gun. The British Open oftentimes goes to a wily old veteran, and at 41 years old, Justin Rose fits that bill. Yeah, and and I was on him both at the PGA and also the RBC. Remember, he had a look on Sunday potentially to go at like 58 or 59, ended up with 60, which is impressive considering he had three bogeys on the card. So uh, Justin Rose makes a lot of sense, and I got a feeling Justin Rose is going to be on one at some point because this is a guy that very much – now, Ryder Cup is next year. 
in, in, in the uh, in the odd year here. But this is a guy that very much wants to make that team. His best friend in the game, Henrik Stenson, is the captain of Team Europe. So, you know, if some of these older European players kind of dropping off the scene that are going to live golf, the Graham McDowell's, the Martin Keimer's, the Lee Westwood, you got to have some kind of veteran presence on that team. And I think Justin Rose absolutely could be that. One play for Matt Eumann so far for the British Open as well, and that play is also on Tiger Woods, but a little bit different way of going about it. He's got Tiger Woods to make the cut at St. Andrews at plus 120. We'll get to our match play segment coming up next. Go over all of our plays for the Scottish Open when we return right here on Long Shots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on Long Shots, Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you as we continue the run of good golf on European soil. The Irish Open, the J.P. McManus Pro-Am, talking about the Scottish Open this week and, of course, next week, the Open Championship. For the Scottish Open plays, our colleague Matt Humans has four outrights, and this is really not like Matt Humans. I was kind of surprised to see him on this shortest shot of his four plays. John Rahm mm-hmm. at 12-1, to one, one of the favorites in this week's field in North Berwick on the Renaissance Club. John Rahm at 12 to 1. Usually Matt, you know, will take a guy maybe no lower than about 18 to 1, but uh, went with Rombo this week at 12 to 1. He's also on the defending U.S. Open champion, Matt Fitzpatrick at 20 to 1. These guys, by the way, both very good here last year. Rahm was 7th here at the 2021 Scottish Open. Fitzpatrick was actually in the playoff along with Thomas Detry. Minwoo Lee got him last year. Yeah, and interesting, our guest Paul Williams thought Matt Fitzpatrick was maybe a little bit of a fade this week, and it makes sense because he's obviously off of that major championship We victory. saw that a little bit with Scotty Scheffler. It took him a minute to kind of get back into form, and speaking of Fitzpatrick, I think he was 39th out of about 50 players at that Pro-Am. I don't want to put too much into that J.P. McManus Pro-Am, but certainly you don't like to see 78-73 on the scorecard. Well, we saw it with Colin Morikawa when he won the PGA Championship at Harding Park. He went to winged foot for the U.S. Open and missed the cut there. So not uncommon to see a guy off of his first major championship uh, stumble for a little bit uh, following that. Will Zalatoris at 27-1. to Matt is back on Willie Z for the Scottish Open. And then, uh, you know, a guy, a home game here, Robert McIntyre, the Scotsman. Mm-hmm. He went with Bobby Mack at 85-1. to Yeah, I strongly considered him. And McIntyre, this is the home game. And I saw a video, I think maybe 
Dan Rappaport, who is a guest on Long Shots, usually on a yearly basis of uh, Golf Digest, posted a video and just how emotional he was getting. So this is an absolute home game for Robert McIntyre. I wouldn't be surprised if he played well. Matt and I did match up on one, and that was Will Zalatoris. I was looking to see how deep I went to the top of the board, and I could make a case for a lot of these guys. But, you know, as Paul Williams mentioned earlier, debutants haven't traditionally done well in this type of event. You got a few debutants that are shorter prices like Patrick Cantlay, like Cameron Smith, like Jordan Spieth, like Victor Hovland. So I steered away from those guys. If you're looking for a form guy who Paul Williams is on, Justin Thomas, two top tens here, basically in two appearances. But I did go with Zalatoris. Zalatoris was 26th here last year. So not great, but probably not a guy that has necessarily a lot of Lynxian golf experience. And I'll call it Lynxian because it's it's not pure lengths, but look, uh, six are better in, in, or in six of his last eight starts, a runner up in the last two major championships. Nobody's hit the irons better than Will Zalatoris this season. First in strokes gain approach in the field over the last 36 rounds. So I'm on Will Z. You can get him anywhere. I think 25 in between 25 and 30 pretty much in the market right now. Tommy Fleetwood, 50-1, to uh, runner-up here at Renaissance two years ago to Aaron Ryle, though that was played in the fall due to COVID-19 pushing that event back. Likes Lynx-style golf, loves it more even when the conditions get tougher. So if the wind blows, I like him even a little bit more. On the PGA Tour this season, ninth around the greens, 28th in scrambling, 37th in putting. And I think that that's going to matter this week because he's a guy that I think could play very well on these very slower greens that maybe some of the American players are going to struggle with, perhaps. I could definitely see that happening. One guy that doesn't struggle really on many greens is Terrell Hatton, 50-1. to Cooled from the early 2022 form, uh, missed two of the last three cuts, was T56, so really wasn't in the mix at the U.S. Open. But T4, actually, I think he ended up finishing fifth now at that McManus Pro-Am, but still right there. Putter is always the best club in the bag for this guy. Fifth on the PGA Tour, second in three-putt avoidance uh, on the uh, – actually, I think he was first on the DP World Tour for that category, but really good in, in that category, really good with stroke gain putting and stroke gain around the green. I think he'll be very familiar having grown up there and being an Englishman. He'll know what to do here. So Terrell Hatton, 50-1. to one. Lucas Herbert, 60-1. to one. Fourth here each of the last two years, ninth last week at the Irish Open. And in the in the fourth uh, in both the appearances, he was eighth and sixth respectively for strokes gained putting. So he's another guy that might be uh, comfortable on these slower greens. Uh, another good putter. That's kind of a theme. I didn't plan it that way. It just kind of happened. Christian Bezadenhut at ninety five to one played his way into the Open next week uh, with the T uh, two, his best ever PGA Tour finish at the John Deere Classic. Gained almost eight and a half strokes putting last week. Was tied for third in the field. He's a really good short game, so he can maybe adjust to these greens. A guy I've been backing all year on the DP World Tour, and I'm getting him at like about five times the price that I normally get him in a PGA Tour event or a or DP World Tour event simply because the field is better. Jordan Smith, 125 to 1, led the field tee to green last week at the Irish Open, but was 24th because he lost eight strokes with the putter. Mm. So I think that was an aberration when it's that bad. Consistent form all season, two runner ups and three other top tens. And then my longest shot on the board, we are going to go with the man that everybody knows that is not in the open championship field this week. So he's going to be grinding, trying to at least get one of those three spots that are available. And that is a former winner of the Scottish Open back at Galan back in 2015. And that is Ricky Fowler, 160 to 1. And the FedEx Cup, also, he's got to consider that. We're only a month away from that being cut off at the Wyndham Championship. The top 125 getting those FedEx Cup playoffs, 123 right now is one Ricky Fowler. So, you know, trying to keep that card uh, very good at the J.P. McManus. I think he ended up tied for six. He came over early, too, and played some practice rounds uh, around Ireland with Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Sam Burns. So, you know, playing with those four guys who have all had very good seasons and have all won this season may rub off on him to try to turn that game around. So Ricky Fowler, 160-1. to one. Yeah, good-looking card. I am certainly on a couple of those guys. Uh, I started with Joaquin Neiman at 46-1, to one, and what I don't like is, uh, you mentioned it, he is a debutante here at the Scottish Open, but I feel like he could be more relaxed without the pressure of next week's major championship looming over his, over his shoulder there. Mm-hmm. 
there. Mm-hmm. He watched his buddy Mito Pereira contend at the PGA, and I imagine he's itching to make some noise of his own. But rather than next week, I think he could be a little bit freed up right. without that added pressure this week on an easier golf course. I really like the fact that he's got that lower ball flight, you know, so if there is some wind, he should be able to handle that. Um, he's a big hitter, and he's got a great short game around the greens, 24th on tour and strokes gained around the greens. He was 23rd at the PGA recently, third at the Memorial. He's excellent from tee to green, and he's 14th on tour in birdies or better. Uh, you have some long par fours that I mentioned on this golf course at the Renaissance Club. Joaquin Neiman is 13th on tour in proximity to the hole from 125 to 150 yards out. So took a shot with him. He's my shortest shot. I'm with you on Christian Bezadenhut. I got him at 90 to 1. He was 34th here in 2019, 44th in 2020, or excuse me, in 2021. And I think his game is much better now than it was back then. Um, He has the European course experience. He's finished top 15 in three of his last five starts, including the second place that you mentioned at the John Deere West. And I think that frees him up a little bit too, because now he knows he's in the open. So he can come in here this week relaxed. Obviously, he's playing well and just let it rip. Uh, So I like uh, Bezadenhout as well. I am also on Jordan Smith. No, not Jordan Spieth. The Englishman, Jordan Smith, really good current form. 24th at the Irish Open, 8th at the BMW International, and 10th at the Porsche European last month. Took a stab with him at 105-1. And, and that BMW International, that's where I hit Halton Lee. Smith was right in the mix there. Just didn't make anything on Sunday, but struck the ball beautifully. And uh, I line up with you as well. Maybe a little bit of a sentimental play here, but I feel it is with good reason. Ricky Fowler at 160 to one. And you and I have been talking about this, this motivation to get into the Open Championship. There are three spots up for grabs at the Scottish Open this week. He's won this tournament before, as you mentioned, not this course, but he has the knowledge and the ability to play this style of golf. He has four total top 10 finishes at the Scottish Open, one of which is a win. Really good track record at the Open Championship as well, where he has finished 5th, 2nd, and 6th. He has also finished 14th and 30th at St. Andrews. He is a very good win player, and he's been playing well as of late. It was 5th at the J.P. McManus. He tied for 5th there at the Pro-Am earlier this week. 23rd at the PGA, 21st at the Wells Fargo, and like Joaquin Neiman, Fowler, very adept at playing that lower ball flight, which is needed if the wind kicks up here. And then finally, my biggest bomb, Wes, you and I have been noticing this guy's name on a few leaderboards lately, and that is the Englishman Callum Terran. Mm-hmm. He's a big hitter. He was 31st at the U.S. Open, just took sixth last week at the John Deere. He's 62nd on the PGA Tour in birdies or better. So I took a long shot with Callum Terran at 300 to 1. No, I, I think that's a, a well-placed long shot, if you will. I think that's a guy with a, with a lot of uh, potential here. And if you look... You know, over the years at the Scottish Open, you've seen a couple guys kind of come off the grid here and win. Brandon Stone, now this was a different course at Gillan, was 400 to 1 when he won in 2018. Jeeve Milkasay at Castle Stewart, 100 to 1. Eduardo Molinari was 70 to 1 when he won at 2010 in Loke Le Mans. So you won't always necessarily get the chalky players here. And by the way, Minwoo Lee last year was 200 to 1. I almost added him, but a lot of people in the market like him. Maybe, maybe, uh, through telepathy, they heard Paul Williams or read Paul Williams as Gollum. Uh, he bet him at 150 to one. I saw Min Woo, and I was like, okay, where is he at now? He's less than 100 to one. Mm. Well, you know, you have talked about it. I think it is a good week for some possible long shots here because there's a lot of different levels of motivation here. Guys that are just tuning up for a major championship, guys that are trying to get ready for a major championship, guys that are trying to get into a major championship, and guys that are just there to earn points and what have you. There's a lot of different things going on with a lot of different players mm-hmm. in this field. So, yeah, I think you could get some randomness. Yeah, a- absolutely. So, uh, look, this should be a fun event because, I mean, you've got some world class at the top, and then you're going to have a few of those guys because you're always going to have those guys. They're too guys good on the not to be there. But you're also going to have 
have some guys a little bit down the board. So I think that this is a nice mixture for the Scottish Open this week. And you've got some head-to-head matchups this week as well. I did not do any just really because of my unfamiliarity with the course. You know, I tried to study the players and come on some outrights and that type of thing, but I didn't want to get involved in the head-to-heads. Yeah, I I did play four this week. Uh, A couple of them are future guys that I played as well. Uh, Ricky Fowler, minus 110 over Francesco Molinari. Christian Bezadenhut at 115 over Sebastian Munoz. Keegan Bradley, minus 125 over Max Homa. Bradley, I think, has a little bit more experience as a veteran playing these style of courses. And if approach really matters, that's usually good for Keegan Bradley. And maybe these slower greens are going to help him out actually a little bit more because he's kind of shaky stateside on these greens. So maybe this evens it out for him. And then uh, Terrell Hatton, minus 145 over Adrian Moronk. I hate fading in Moronk because he's in great form. But, you know, you finally got that first DP World Tour win and you know that you're going to be back out there and you're raising your world ranking points. He's not too far outside the top 50. So, you know, he's kind of like right there where it's like, okay, everything's on the line. Maybe this is going to be a down week where he kind of fades. You know, I almost never play single round head-to-head matchups. I always play for a full tournament. Um, But your angle there, fading a guy off of his very first tour win, maybe that would be a good play to take a a shot Mm -hmm. against him in just the first round as well. Yeah, I just think, you know, when you get out there, it's like, hey, congratulations, yeah. buddy, you know, finally got it well, done. Obviously, Happy he's been celebrating, you. and yes. I'm not talking about being hung over and, and, or anything. And, 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 he's and just he was kinda... already in the open anyway because he earned that spot earlier in the year. So it's like, you know, this has been all gravy. This is the big, you know, he's the first man from Poland ever to win on the DP World Tour, and that means something, you Absolutely. know, for a guy, you know, in a, in a country where it's not exactly known as one of the premier golfing countries in the world, and that means something to be the first to do that. We kind of saw that a little bit with Sepp Straka earlier this year being the first Austrian man to win on the PGA Tour, doing so at the Honda Classic. Yeah, so I, I like that play for sure, and you might even take a look at uh, going against Adrian Moronk in the first round. That is going to do it for this edition of Long Shots. Next week we stay in Scotland for the final major of the golf season. It is the Open Championship at St. Andrews and Ben Coley of the Sporting Life in the UK will be our guest to help us break it down. Enjoy the Scottish Open everybody. You know these players are going to hit some long shots. Hopefully we do too. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.